Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Shelf Logic. My name is Caroline, and today I'm being joined by Jen and Jill. And today, our topic is going to be diverse romance reads because this is airing on Valentine's Day. Yay! Oh, <laughs> Um, so we are going to be reviewing books that feature diverse characters, so characters that may be on the LGBTQ plus spectrum, uh, BIPOC characters, and characters that may be on other spectrums as well. So uh, we're just going to jump right in and start talking about our books, and it should be a lot of fun. So if you're in the romance mood, check these out. Yeah. Yay. Do you want me to kick it off? Yes, I want you to. Yeah, yes. you go first. Kick it. Okay. So the first book that I read is a teen book, and it's called I Wish You All the Best by Mason Deaver. And this is just a little blurb from Goodreads. I'll read it real quick. Uh, when Ben DeBacher comes out to their parents as non-binary, they're thrown out of their house and forced to move in with their estranged older sister, Hannah, and her husband, Thomas, whom Ben has never even met. Struggling with an anxiety disorder compounded by their parents' rejection, they come out only to Hannah Thomas and their therapist and try to keep a low profile in a new school. But Ben's attempts to survive the last half of senior year unnoticed are thwarted when Nathan Allen, a funny and charismatic student, decides to take Ben under his wing. As Ben and Nathan's friendship grows, their feelings for each other begin to change, and what started as a disastrous turn of events looks like it might just be a chance to start a happier new life. Oh, yay! It is a super good book. I really loved it. And the thing I love about both of the books that I read is that they are the first in a series. And when I started both of them, I did not know they were a first in a series because these new books are just coming out. Their second book is just coming out this year. So I'm very, very excited. Um, I really, really enjoyed this book. I thought that Benji was a very, Benji is Ben. Um, they call him, they call them Benji throughout the book. Um, so Benji, I thought was a really relatable and really well fleshed out main character. And my only, like, complaint about this book was that there were a lot of really really awesome side characters benji makes a lot of really great friends at their new school um so we get to know benji really well we get to know nathan really well but we don't get a ton from like hannah and thomas um benji's sister and um the sister's husband and then there's also a lot of really great like periphery friends that we don't get to know very well so i'm hopeful that in the next book we get a lot of like side character development but this one was just, like, really wholesome. Um, there's a lot of really relatable kind of trauma throughout it with anxiety and going to a new school and getting to know new people while also coming out and kind of being rejected by, you know, two of the most important people in your life, your parents. So I thought that was really well done. Um, and something else that I really loved about this book, Benji has a friend named Miriam who is also non-binary and is Muslim, and they meet through YouTube. Oh, Which I thought was really cute. cool. Yeah, Miriam is a YouTuber, um, so they create YouTube videos and content. And so it was really well done the way that they get to know each other over the internet. And I remember when, like, probably when all of us were teens, it was very sketchy yes. to meet. <laughs> I mean, you did not meet people from the internet. You were literally told, do not do that. It's danger. Um, but it's that's changing with the newer generations and the younger generations. And I think that this book highlighted really well how the internet can be a really, really positive community for people, um, especially like the non-binary community, the neurodivergent community spends a lot of time kind of relating to one another on the internet. Um, it was just, it was really sweet and it was really well done. So I was glad that 
there was a book that existed to show teens now that like it's much different than we when we were kids. Yeah. Like it's not so scary to meet people from the internet and to like build a community of people you can relate to. Yeah. So I liked that. I thought it was really well done. And I'm really excited for the next book. Are the do you know if, are the next books following that same person or like yes. or couple, I guess? Um, yeah, let me see if I can find the title of the next book. Or is it I guess what I mean is or do you think it's gonna focus on some of the side characters that you mentioned more? I'm super hopeful that it focuses on side characters because I really liked, um, I think it was primarily Nathan's friends. Nathan has a group of really, really cool friends who you get to know and, like, you understand are cool. Like, uh-huh. you, you, you just you know, know it. it. You, you know tell. it in your heart of hearts <laughs> that, like, they have to be really awesome, but you don't really get to know them well enough to be like, I would want to be her friend. I would right. want to be his friend. So I'm hopeful. There's a one and a half. That I think may have already come out. Ooh. Yes. That seems like that could be a friend book. This is like, yeah, just like a little insert in between. The 1.5 is called I'll Be Home for Christmas. Um, and I can't really read the synopsis because it's a spoiler. Oh. But let me see if they... Oh, they have not released the second, like the title of the second book yet. So hopefully that's still happening. Um, I know that it will. I know it. I, I'm very hopeful. The first one came out, um, I Wish You All the Best, came out in May of 2019. I feel like I've seen that cover. I it's, know I have. Um, Benji, like, leaning on the back of another It is, person. and it's, yeah. like, like, a solid color background. Yes, yeah. it's, like, a really nice, like, periwinkle background. Is it in teen? Yes, it is yeah. a teen book, okay. yeah. Sorry. So I you've probably seen that. it before, because um, it is a really good cover. Um, and then the second, like, the little kind of... 1.5, like, half book in between, came out in December 2020. Okay. So we've, we've been sitting, like, a year waiting for the second book, but... It takes done. a lot to write, you know? It does you take a lot of time down. to write. You know what? Yeah, you're right. I will give Mason Deaver some credit. <laughs> it takes a lot of time to write books. So, and I've never written one before, so how would I know? I, we don't know. We don't know what it's like. So. It's such a thrill, though, when you read a book you really like, and then there's more. Like, it's the beginning yes. of a series. You don't yeah. have to leave these people behind. I love that. I do, too. Yeah. And I, it, the way it left off gives you a lot of hope that you're going to come back to the exact same characters. So, it's wonderful. Yay, yay. So, that's it. my first one. I can go next. Um, okay, so mine is called Full Disclosure. Here it is. It's in the teen section also. It is written by Cameron Garrett. And Cameron Garrett, I'm so excited. I'm just going to read her uh, blurb in the back of the book. Cameron Garrett grew up in New York and began her writing career at 13 when Whoa, she was selected wow. as a Time for Kids reporter. Oh! What? Uh, she got to interview celebrities like Warren Buffett and Kristen Bell. Since then, her writing has appeared on MTV and in HuffPost Huff and Rookie Magazine. She was recently selected as one of uh, Teen Vogue's 21 Under 21, Girls and Femmes Who Are Changing the World. When she's not writing, she studies film at NYU, and she's a proud advocate for diverse stories and storytellers in any medium. Full Disclosure is her first novel. Oh, nice. It's very sweet. Um, so, yeah, it's also a teen section, and I was thinking about it, and it was funny because we are, the topic for this podcast is, like, romance, and I was like, teen, and I was like... Wait, where's the teen romance section? I was like, we don't have a teen. There is not one. It's just the general fiction section. And yeah. so I will say if you're if you're like, oh I want teen, you know, I'm like, why I'm like, why I want teen romance, that's where it's gonna be <laughs> in the general, in the general section. Um but yeah, so basically this story follows Simone. 
um, and her friends. And so, okay, Simone has just started at a new school because at her old school, some stuff went down, as it does. Um, the situation is she is living her life, and then at her old school, this Okay, what happened was she was revealed, they revealed that she is living with HIV, and so things got bad at her old school. So they go to a new school, and so her dad's and her are like, okay, let's like, like, you know, have this new life, we're going to figure this out, and she makes two very good friends who I love, Claudia and Lydia, and I think like you were saying, some of the, some of the, like the side characters, I would consider them side characters just because they're not Simone, but like they, they're so fleshed out and like so real and so supportive and I'm obsessed with them and I only can hope for all of us in the world to have such supportive and like sweet friends. Um, but basically it goes into like pretty explicitly and deeply into like kind of like that era of a person's life in like explorations, but it's in such like a positive, healthy way. Um, and it's also really, really, like, educational. <laughs> I don't want to say, like, oh, this is, like, an educational book for that era of your life. But, like, really it is. And it starts these conversations. I think it could be, like, you know, very healthy for somebody who's looking to learn more about those topics to check out. Um, but oh, I forgot even the plot of the book. Okay. <laughs> the plot of the book is she has a crush on Miles. And Miles is very sweet. Miles is great. But she's like, oh, let's, let's go see Miles. And then somebody starts, so, okay, so she's like starting to date Miles. This is great. Somebody literally starts to blackmail her, which is actually one of my most hated, um, like plot elements. I do not like the blackmail situation. Um, they're like, oh, you have to stop hanging out with Miles or else I'm literally going to reveal, um, that you have HIV and I'm going to ruin your life. And so she's like, oh no. And she doesn't, and it's hard because she's like, I don't want to even go to the school because like how the school reacted last time. Like you can't, you literally can't trust anyone, like any adult. So she doesn't even tell her dads. Like, obviously they would like lose it. They would, they'd be like, stop this. And then, but then that would still reveal and then like it would have to change her life again. And so basically, um, it's okay. The bulk of the book is like kind of navigating that. Like she's trying to figure out who she can trust, who she can't. Um, things do happen, but I will say it has a positive ending. Yay. Yay. I support it. Um, I love it. Read it. I love that. I don't think we, in team adult, like any fiction, we really get a lot of like HIV positive characters or characters yeah. living with like a chronic illness or a terminal illness or, um, you know, like a lifelong immunocompromising. Yeah. Illness. So that's really cool. Other than like. The first one that comes to mind is like everything, everything, or uh, the Fault in Our Stars. I did read that. The Fault in Our Stars looks like it's a cancer story, but it's they're they're so normally centered around like we're going to die, so we have to be in love. right. <laughs> this, this is not is, her. It's not yeah. It doesn't yeah. sound like that's the case with full disclosure, and I like that. Yeah, that's oh, and it, that's another. I didn't want to get too much into like the science of healthcare, but like it does talk about that. So like, if you are really like, I don't know what HIV is, like, read this book because like they literally go into it. It's like one of the main things, like main themes throughout the book, and even in you know the actual ending the HIV epidemic that we're going through right now as a country, like undetectable is untransmissible. So like you is you. That's like the thing. And so like throughout the book, they're saying that like. And that's just like, she takes her medicine every day and it's just like part of your life. And it, it literally has like such great health outcomes, you know, living long, healthy lives. It's just very exciting. So that's cool. It's a positive book. Positive, positive book. Love it. Sounds great. 
I read um, part of a series. This is called A Duke by Default by Alyssa Cole. I just have to say, if Alyssa Cole wrote a cheesecake recipe, I would read it the second it came out. I think she's <laughs> wonderful. Um, I loved her historical stuff. This series was my first foray into her contemporary romance. Um, a Duke by Default is book two in the Reluctant Royal series. I read it out of order. I need my books labeled with a number on the spine like they do for children. Um, so I read book three and then book one and book two, so I already knew these characters. You don't have to read them in order. Um, the characters do cross over from book to book. It's these friends, they're wonderful, they're supportive. Everyone should have friends like these characters do. Um, our main character, our heroine, is Portia Hobbs. She's a black American socialite, quasi-socialite. She's been kind of spoiled and rich, but she's not a brat. Um, she refers to herself as a recovering hot mess, which I instantly related to. <laughs> Uh, she has made some mistakes, as we all have, um, and she decides to redeem herself. She's working on new Portia. She takes an apprenticeship at a, with a sword maker at an armory in Scotland. Um, the sword maker there is Tavish Mackenzie, who is half Scottish and half Jamaican. Um, I like that in this story, the hero is older. I had heard that this was a silver fox romance, and then we find out the hero is my age. Oh no! He's 38. <laughs> I will admit 38. I'm going quite great. Yeah, he's referred to as this older love interest. That hurt a little. I will admit that hurt a little, the silver fox thing. Oh, wow. um, but the heroine does mention how good he looks with his crow feet framing his eyes because he's grinning so hard. Oh. Um, she's not this young little flower. She's in her late 20s as well. She's lived a life. Um, and she's trying to change it. She has. I I love Portia. She's so well fleshed out. She feels like someone I would be friends with immediately. But she has had so many struggles. She's not been able to commit to a career or where she wants to live or a relationship. Um, she's just really struggled as an adult in contrast with her twin sister who has lived essentially the perfect life and been the child that her parents are proud of. Um, but despite this, Portia is, she's smart, and she's capable, and she works really well with trying to overcome her tendencies to not be organized. If something interests her, she learns a lot about it. Um, the hero is surprised to find that she knows a lot about ancient swords and sword making, and the pinnacle of her research is essentially to make a sword with him. Um, it's, it's a slow burn, which is my favorite romance tropes. They don't even kiss until 40%. Um, I read the ebook, which is why I don't have a page number. Um, nothing happens, and they don't hate each other. I don't love the enemies to lovers trope. I just it's overdone. I don't I don't like fighting. I don't like conflict in a romance. Like I want there to be a cute story. I want a happy ending. That's why I go to a romance novel. Um, a little bit way through, our heroine finds out that she might have attention deficit disorder. I have attention deficit disorder, so as I was reading the first couple of chapters, I was like, this sounds like me, and this sounds specifically like my ADHD. Um, and sure enough, Portia finds out, and she's like, this makes so much sense. Like, other people think this way. Other people function this way. And what's really sweet is that her friends are supportive, and Tavish, the extremely handsome the Silver Fox hero, he sees her as capable. He doesn't make her feel bad. He's so impressed by how much she's able to do. He doesn't see her as the screw up as someone who's not good enough. Like, he validates her. Um, he helps her see how amazing she is. One of the things that I struggle with, my ADD, I struggle with many things, to be clear. <laughs> it is a struggle. It is struggle personified. 
Um, I take rejection very hard, and I behave in ways that I end up kind of getting that, because, again, ADD. Um, and so he really validates her that she's done a lot, like she's not a screw-up. Um, she, anytime that there is this kind of rejection she gets, he's the one to say, like, no, these people don't know you. They, they don't see how capable you are. Um, so that's really sweet to see. I will say that the ending is rushed and pretty bonkers. You do have to forget yeah. everything you know about the British peerage or it won't make sense. <laughs> about the what? I didn't believe it for a second. The peerage, um, so this is also one where the hero is secretly a duke. He doesn't know it. Oh. Um, which is kind of a bonkers trope, but I do love it. Um, but no, you I just, love that. it, I love it, it defies belief in any, in every way. It is unbelievable. They left you unprotected and, and they didn't even know you were a duke. <laughs> you just have to forget what a duke is, forget that you've ever heard of England or Scotland. Um, but yeah. it is a delightful story. I do love how much Alyssa Cole loves her characters. You can tell that, like, she loves them, she takes care of them. Um, she writes them with so much love and affection that you feel like you know them. And she really develops both of her characters outside of the romance. They both grow and learn outside of this intense attraction they have for each other. Um, and I found that to be true with all of her stories. This one's just my favorite because of the phenomenal ADHD rep. It is so true to my life. I was like, Alyssa Cole, have you been listening in on my phone conversations, my text <laughs> messages? She gets it. And that's... Um, that's really refreshing. For so long, ADHD was seen as this little boy's problem, like little boys who can't sit still. As an adult woman who didn't find out I had this until my late 20s, I felt seen. Yeah. And I loved it. Highly, highly recommend. Again, it's implausible, but it's a romance. That's what you're looking for, yeah. right? You want just this romp, this delightful story. Yeah, you just want it fun. Was. Yeah. It was fun. I love oh, it. I love that. And you're so right. There's no... I mean, it's getting better. Um, I was I was diagnosed around the same time, late twenties, with ADHD, and yeah, they don't they didn't write the manuals for women. They wrote them no. for little boys. So it's really it is refreshing to see like, especially female characters who are being validated and are being like lifted up, who wow. also have had that struggle, ride that mega struggle bus. <laughs> Well, I have one more. Yeah. Do you, do you have? Well, I have a question. This is kind of unrelated. Okay, Alyssa Cole. The, for, the, for another podcast that's coming up, we're doing um, reading mystery books for black authors. And there's one called When No One Is Watching. You must read When No One Is Watching. I haven't read it yet. I recommend that as well. Like I said, I would read anything Alyssa Cole put yeah. her name on. I'm so excited. I guess, give me a, tell me a little bit just before. I know this is not romance. <laughs> is it so good? I loved it. Again, oh I just I just love her, and I love the way that she writes characters. They feel like people and not like characters. That's cool. She's really good at fleshing them out, and you feel like her characters are in good hands with her. With some authors, you're like, oh no, what are you going to do to this person that I've fallen in love with, that I that I want to be yeah, friends with? Um, she she takes them. good care of her characters. I'm you can glad. tell she writes them with affection. Good. Okay, I'm excited. I know I have to add her my list now too because I don't think I've read anything by her. Yeah, I have not. Time. It's time to do it. It's time. I love that. Um, My last read, my my second read, um, I I have written in Stars by Alexandria Bell Floor. I'm so sorry, Alexandria, if you're listening and I butchered your name, but she's probably not listening. This, oh, this was a delightful book. I'll read like the brief synopsis from Goodreads again. 
After a disastrous blind date, Darcy Lovell is desperate to stop her well-meaning brother from playing matchmaker ever again. Love and the inevitable heartbreak is the last thing she wants, so she fibs and says her latest setup was a success. Darcy doesn't expect her lie to bite her. Elle Jones, one of the astrologers behind the popular Twitter account Oh My Stars, dreams of finding her soulmate. But she knows it is most assuredly not Darcy, a no-nonsense stick-in-the-mud who is way too analytical, punctual, and skeptical for someone as free-spirited as Elle. When Darcy's brother and Elle's new business partner expresses how happy he is that they hit it off, Elle is baffled. <laughs> was Darcy on the same date? Because it was awkward. It, so this is a trend in romance novels that I feel like is coming up a lot more often lately, the fake dating trope. Uh-huh. And I did not think I would care for it. I was pretty sure I was going to be like, oh my gosh, whatever. Like, we get it. You're fake dating. Uh-huh. You bet it turns into real dating. But it was so fun. I actually really enjoyed the, the development of the relationship from fake to real, which is not really a spoiler because I feel like most fake dating tropes go that way. Um, so it was really fun. Darcy and Elle are polar opposites. So it's a, definitely like an opposites attract or like opposites balance each other kind of relationship. Um, and it was really refreshing too because I don't think they ever say point blank whether or not Darcy is bisexual or if she's a lesbian, but they do talk a lot about how Elle is bisexual. And I don't think we get a ton of bi representation in yeah. um, in books. And this was an adult romance novel, and I definitely have not read any adult romance novels that cover it, but there was no like weird treatment of Elle being bi. Like there's never, I, I feel like every bi character I have seen has been like, oh, we just got bored of men. Like, oh, you just can't pick one. And they didn't do any of that with Elle. It was very, like, it was just a matter of fact. Like, there was no, like, well, I've set you up with a lot of boys and you don't like them, so I guess I'll set you up with a lady. It was it was just treated like, oh, cool, like, that's who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, the book made me want to learn a lot more about astrology Ooh. because Elle talks a lot about astrology throughout the book. And Darcy, who is very, very, like they said in the description, very no-nonsense, is like, I don't believe in all this star, hullabaloo, whatever. Like, I don't buy it. Um, and I was kind of that way. And then I started, I read this book, and then I started reading about my own, like, uh-huh. horoscopes and signs and things. And I was like, this is fascinating. Even if it's not real, like, it is it's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. And so. I think, yeah. Sorry. Oh, no, you're fine. No, no, please. Um, yeah, so I don't know. I just, I looked into that more, and I was like, this is kind of cool. And, like... I don't know, I like when a book will inspire me to look into other things. Um, This one, like I said, is an adult romance novel, and it definitely has some steamier moments, which I don't, I don't know, I don't, I always say I'm not a romance novel reader, and then I read a ton of romance novels, Um, and I don't usually gravitate towards the ones that are steamy, but it was, it was good. I liked it. Like, I thought that it was well done, and I didn't think that it was, like, too much, like, too off-putting, like, whoa. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, so I liked that. Um, and I thought that both characters were really fleshed out well. You can see why initially they would not be attracted to one another. And then like as it grows, you can see where like they balance each other up very nicely. So I liked it. I thought it was really good. That's really sweet. Yeah, I, I do like the fake dating thing. I think it's fun. I know. I, didn't, I don't know what about it made me think I wouldn't like it. Because I love drama. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe I, that's what it is. <laughs> I do, yeah. I, like, pretend that I don't. But then when I'm watching oh, reality TV drama. or reading other people's drama, I'm like, yes. 
yeah. drama. That's why we, we do what we do. Yeah. Just to see the drama. Exactly. <laughs> just love the drama of it all. So, yeah, very fun. It was a very good book. And, oh, plug in the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. Oh! Because I'm always plugging the Pop Sugar Reading Challenge. This one checked off the prompt, um, a book with a constellation on the cover for me. Because oh. the cover is very sweet. It's like Ellen Darcy in like a, like a very tender embrace. And then all these constellations like up in the title because that's, it's all about her and the astrology that's sweet yeah it was very good i liked it a lot well i think that wraps it up all right well thank you so much for joining us today everybody again this is jen and caroline and jill and have a great day happy valentine's day happy valentine's day Yay. Bye. thank you for listening to shelf logic make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.